right, everybody. Today we are reviewing the 1989 Hong Kong action comedy drama God of Gamblers, uh, better known as Dou Sun, starring Chow Young Fat and Andy Lau. And I've got my guy John with me. John, what's going on, man? How are your Asian parents? Oh yeah, yeah. so currently I'm living in their uh, in their basement in Aurora right now. Uh, yeah, so spending time with them. Other than feeling like a 15 year old kid, you know, it's been okay. Oh, what's your what's your basement arrangement like? You have like your uh, own TV and everything. Yeah, yeah, no. So I have my PlayStation. Like, honestly, I feel like a fifteen year old. So I have my PlayStation, uh, maybe like a thirty inch like Samsung television. Um, I got like a couch. This is basically where I do my work when I'm not um, like in bed. I mean, I do have a bedroom, but this is basically like I honestly feel like I'm like fifteen years old again, back in my like Markham basement. Yeah, and you're living in your parents' basement despite owning two properties, which we've established. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know why you have to bring this up every pod, but yes, like I own properties. We should gamble. Know, we should. We should gamble our mortgages on this podcast. <laughs> okay, that's very privileged. Very privileged. Uh, no, I decided to like live because I, I, I mean, you live downtown. I live downtown as well, but uh, you can't really walk around a lot. Like, I don't know if you've seen like the streets lately, but. Just a lot of people, you know, not wearing masks or anything. I just figure it's just a little, like, you know, in Aurora, you can kind of walk around the neighborhood without, like, feeling paranoid that you might get sick. So it's just kind of nice to get air and, like, just be able to walk around freely. So you're saying that Aurora is better than downtown? No, I'm not saying that at all. <laughs> I do miss my I do miss my downtown condo. Um, I do go back, like, every weekend just for the hell of it and just getting some space. Um, but other than that, like it's it's been all right to be honest. What's been the worst thing about going back to your parents? Oh, um, easily. Um, I don't want to say anything bad about them, but they, you know, I, I do feel like a fifteen-year-old kid sometimes. Like they'll just ask me if I'm drinking water and always feeding me food, and sometimes bothering me during my meetings. So it's 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 been a little. It's been a life change. I mean, I haven't lived with them in like I think the last. 15 years so it's definitely been like a, a lifestyle change to be honest so you're still as ungrateful as ever is what you're saying <laughs> yeah that's exactly <laughs> what i'm saying <laughs> no they're great they're great like great meals um yeah we, we we talk once in a while when i'm not doing work but yeah it, it's it's been great it's just been different that's all i gotta say are you guys like talking about like COVID 19 or not really no. Well, okay, so anything like current events, current affairs, especially anything that's happening in China, I just refuse to talk to them about because it usually leads to like a a, a pretty heated debate. So I kind of leave that alone. Even COVID, like we'll mention maybe the numbers that are happening in Ontario, but like if we start talking about the origins of where it's coming from, then, you know, that's kind of like off limits too because that usually leads to like another conversation that I don't necessarily want to have. You've been there yeah. for a few weeks now, right? Are you are you planning an exit strategy, or are you gonna <laughs> stay planted there for like the the next little? Um, no, like I figured, like to be honest, like it was a little rough in the first week, but I felt like it was kind of like a insult if I left the, like after four or five days that I just decided to come back because I did I did tell them I'm gonna move back into their house just you know to give them company and all that stuff, but. Honestly, like, yeah, I've been thinking about an exit strategy since, like, maybe day four. 
Um, but I, I think I might like, I think after like, it's, it's going to be like my third week, uh, for this week. So I think like after one more week, I think I could like safely say that like, okay, I spent time with them and I could probably move back to my condo, especially when it's getting warmer too. Like I do enjoy summer in the city, so I might just move back. The problem is once I go back there, it's really hard for me to come back. So that's why I'm spending as much time as I can here in Aurora for a couple of weeks and then going back. Yeah, I think that's smart. Maybe do like a couple more weeks and then you, you'll have done your time, you know? Yeah, I mean, like, I'm just like maybe one more week. I don't know about a couple more weeks, but like one more week is fine. Have you seen your parents at all? No, I haven't seen them. I was going through old pictures yesterday. The last time I saw my mom was March, I think, 5th. Oh wow! So probably maybe like three days before Rudy Gobert started touching everything in the in the jazz locker room, um, yeah. and I haven't seen my dad since January because he left for Florida in January, and then by the time he came back, it was like March, and like all of this stuff was already happening. So so I didn't want to go see them and like make them sick or whatever. Um, right. Yeah, so I haven't see seen golfing yet. Yeah, my my mom for sure has gone back to golfing. I'm pretty sure my dad too. Um, my mom hit me up to order her some masks last week, so I got her some masks, but yeah, I don't know. The golfing thing, it seems like it's safe. Like as long as like, you know, nobody's acting like Rudy Gobert, I think it would be okay. <laughs> but it, no, it's Yo, funny. He's like, <laughs> <Rudy Gobert? laughs> well, yeah, no, I'm glad he's okay. And you know, he probably saved thousands of people, but sometimes I do think about just how irresponsible he was. I mean, he was so irresponsible that Woj literally had to report that, like, we're not sure if uh, him and Donovan Mitchell can ever be on the same page again. So, um, oh, right, yeah. all I'm saying he is like he probably acted like not very smart behind the scenes. But yeah, it's funny because like golf feels like the only sport. Like, I can't think of another one where like you can really like social socially distance, right? Yeah, like I know actually my friend Andrew. I think he went to uh, play tennis the other day or like yesterday so i think it's like it's doable i guess you could actually like you could play tennis and that that might be another sport that you kind of get into because you're not actually you know you're you're i guess you're using the same ball but you're it's enough distance like social or like physical distancing for it to be acceptable i guess no that's actually yeah i guess tennis is good i guess both of you can't come to the net at the same time um so you have to like agree beforehand who's gonna like have the net volley game <laughs> no because if you come to the net it's not six feet yeah yeah well even that it's like i guess you're you're still holding you gotta serve the ball so you're gonna have to use your hands so unless you're wearing a glove i don't know it's all it's all kind of complicated because i guess like you're still like in contact with the ball yeah it's funny like did you see i don't know if you saw there's a uh, darren Collison like posted a photo of him working out with a couple of like younger basketball players yesterday um and like he was wearing a mask but then in the second photo they're just all sweaty standing next to each other so i'm like what's the <laughs> point like you, you're either safe or you're not right yeah well how, how are you like are you like are you on the really safe side or are you just kind of like you know like i just want to get sick but i'm not going to go in front of people like how like what's your like paranoia spectrum yeah i think i'm pretty extreme i only started going for walks maybe like two weeks ago um i went for my first run on the weekend and every time i go out I'm, I'm fully masked up and wearing gloves as well and obviously when i come back to the condo i just like shower right away clean all my clothes and all that stuff and i'm definitely not trying to be like at a park or something so i've I just I, i've just been circling 
the Rogers Center basically because there's not a lot yeah. of people there. So I've been running around there. The other day I ran to like Scotiabank Arena um, and just like ran back. So I, I've been keeping there. Like I was going to walk to the Raptors practice facility yesterday, but then I got to like the CNE entrance and I was just like, I don't want to do this. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, like I, I've been keeping safe. Um, I just try to go out for walks and stuff because I feel like just being cooped up, it was like, it was too much at some point, but like, I don't get like retail stores opening up and all of that stuff right now. It's crazy. Yeah. Are you sanitizing your Uber Eats bags? Uh, yeah, I am sanitizing and packages that I receive, I'm sanitizing. So, um, Oh, you are. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Or so like you're, I, you're more of the extreme. Yeah, I am pretty extreme. Like I'll, I'll leave some packages like 24 hours after I pick it up. Um, maybe like spray some Lysol on it and then just leave it. Um, it's like, man, if I buy a shirt or a hat, it's not like I'm gonna wear it for another two years, anyways. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's true. Yeah. Like the last last pair of shoes oh, I came right. in, I'm like, yo, what am I doing with my life right now? <laughs> like, like it's so stupid. But that's another conversation. So we're here to talk about God of Gamblers, but also just Asians and gambling. Honestly, man, we gotta start with just like, why why are Asians so into gambling? Because Asians love gambling. Yeah, you, you sent me an article. I didn't. Re- I kind of breezed through it, but from what I got, what was it? What like what it was was basically like we're narcissistic, right? So I guess that's kind of that. There's a correlation between that and gambling. Is that correct? Yeah. So uh, there's an article from the Yale Tribune that says you know studies show that there's a really strong link between narcissism and those who are likely to develop a gambling problem because we're overconfident. And, you know, we have this focus on reward and it's they compare it to having OCD, basically, and that it's like a pathological problem. And uh, another report, too, published um, by the Ministry of Health of New Zealand said that Asians fall prey easily to gambling because of their cultural beliefs and values, such as superstition and luck, which I hadn't really thought about. But I don't know. What do you think about that narcissism thing? Because I I hadn't thought about that either. No, I wouldn't, like, that's not the first thing I would have, like, if you would, like, give me a theory on why we're, like, so susceptible to, like, gambling, that wasn't necessarily one I would have thought of. Like, part part of me thought, like, the reason why we love gambling, and I'm just saying, like, we're generalizing, obviously not everyone likes it, but, um, like, I thought it'd be more of, like, outsmarting the system. Like, you know how Asians want to be smarter than others? I thought it'd be more of, like, a, like an ego thing when it came to that yeah i think that's a good point i mean i don't want to out you but you're the king of buying stuff and returning it um <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if you want to edit it let me know after i'll, I'll timestamp that but um you know you you know we've been together like we buy like what like we bought like a playstation <laughs> controller once just to, so, just so i could play at your place and then you returned it like the day after like but but what i'm trying to say is like that is part of that like just exploiting the system and you're right gambling is a form of that i would say right like like you do when you sit down to play like blackjack or poker or whatever it might be you do think that you're exploiting the system and when we get to the movie uh, i think the movie really plays on those themes uh because of how those gambling scenes play out but we'll get to that but i think that's a really good point my other thing is just like honestly when i'm going back and thinking about all my experiences with gambling and the list is like really long and we'll go through it but like i think it's just out of boredom like don't you gamble just out of boredom like you're bored and you'll go buy like a pro line ticket that's a form of gambling like you'll you'll be bored and you'll go play poker online 
Um, like, I feel like a lot of it is just boredom. Yeah, there's probably a little bit of that. I mean, out of all your friends, I'm probably the least likely to gamble. If you if you would like to say like I'm not I'm like if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna gamble on a, like a pro line ticket or like uh, play poker online, like I'm not I'm not playing with like real money or anything. And I'm probably you know back in the days like when we used to play poker, like house games or when we go to our friends' places to to play money games, like I would never go as far as some of our friends would go um so i'm probably not the best person to be talking to you about this but like i don't have any crazy stories uh like on my end but i definitely do think like yeah there is like a boredom thing like on a sunday i remember like talking to you like sunday mornings we were just talking about like pro line spreads or tickets that we play and i guess yeah part of it i i mean i didn't really think of it that way but like like we recently just got back into poker now and part of it is because we don't really have anything else to do and we're like lacking that sense of community or uh you know things that we do with our friends and i guess poker has kind of just you know been an option for us now yeah and it's funny because i just started watching the new uh, pbs documentary about asian americans they did this like five-part documentary and the episode i watch last night they were talking about some of the early asian americans that settled in chinatown in san francisco and one of the stereotypes very early on was that chinatown and these people were just full of vices like yeah um, including like drugs and gambling and i was like damn like i'm gonna do this podcast with john um <laughs> like like i guess we're just gonna stereotype our own people but like that's why i send you a lot of those research links too because um, there was another article i sent you where um i think one of the researchers said that like this is not like an overblown problem or a stereotype like it's real like every way that they've analyzed gambling behaviors across like different races like asians usually come out um you know at at the very top in terms of most likely to get addicted to gambling and you make a good point though like i, I do want people to know like you're definitely not a degenerate um <laughs> I, I feel like among like our mutual friends like you're definitely the most like conservative when it comes to gambling like you'll not be in the game by the time it gets out of hand um like i don't know reflecting a little bit back on myself like i definitely had some degenerate phases in my 20s but i feel like i'm over those now yeah like i i don't think like i remember the games that we used to play and like i think we would go to your friend is it your friend like paul Yes, yeah so this was like yeah. jamie's friend so our mutual friend yeah. paul's house and and we basically had a version of uh high stakes po high stakes poker um <laughs> like i don't know so like, you i, were I there. was you, never you, around for that you weren't around yeah for that? i like, mean oh so you can't vouch for, for like it. when pots pots would get up to like a thousand two thousand dollars like real cash yeah so i would never leave so i know that like me and my other friend would stay for maybe like until like 12 or 1 and then I would leave and then I would hear about your games afterwards that would last until like six or seven in the morning. So I would hear about the stories like much afterwards. Like I wouldn't stay for that. Mainly because like part of me was like I was I didn't have enough money and I probably like busted out really quickly. And then but then I definitely heard about the stories that like some of you guys have had, like where it go like late into the night and then go like the pots would go yeah, like not high stakes poker, but it would be pretty high up there to the point where I'm like, I don't know if I could like stick around with you guys. So that's what I'm curious about too. Why is it that you think you never got to that point where, like how do you value your money in terms of gambling? Because you obviously value your money probably better than a lot of us. 
Mm, I don't know if it's that. I think it's just gambling wasn't. It's not part of my. It's not part of my family. If, if that makes sense. Like to be honest, like it's very frowned upon my direct family or like my immediate family and even going like as far as like my grandfather i guess like it's like for them it's such a destructive vice for them so like i remember i like i I know i have like relatives that had to get out of it so i know firsthand that they they didn't want that in me at all and i think i remember like there was one time where i went to the casino and they're like how'd you do and i know that they were like really unhappy of me even going to the casino but I told them, yeah, I didn't make money. And they were happy that I didn't get it. Like, they're, they kind of have a theory where it's like, if you lose your first hand or if you, whatever you lose your first visit to the casino, like, that's a good thing. Because, like, you won't get hooked on, like, knowing that you could win money at the casino. So they were always happy that, like, I would not win. And I don't know. Like, for me, I was never, it was never ingrained. Like, I know my gran- grandma used to play mahjong and i even like growing up like my parents actually gave me like a like a travel size roulette like table for fun but like i don't even know why they gave that to me but like considering like they were so against gambling but like that i guess that part of me was never like that part of like gambling was never part of my like family lifestyle does that make sense yeah no it does because you know i definitely grew up in a family that you know I'm, I'm not sure if they encourage gambling but like gambling was always around and the other thing i always think about too is like money is just hu- such a huge part of being asian like you know what i mean yeah. like everything yeah, yeah. everything is just in terms of money like when we celebrate holidays and stuff we get red pockets and you know money is um obviously such a like a symbol of success i, I know it's it's for a lot of people but especially for asians and parents are always okay. talking to you thinking in terms of money and i remember growing up like every family gathering um like there would be at least like one or two mahjong tables and like i got taught to play mahjong like pretty early on when i was like six or seven and yeah like i guess like my parents would would be the would be the people putting up money for me to play but i'd be playing like real money and yeah. like i took it pretty seriously and like yo think about it like we play cards a lot like we play stuff like big two um, oh, that and, and yeah. stuff. And think about like when you go to karaoke and bars, like like you know, white people have board <laughs> games. We roll dice, like they oh, give you dice. God, yeah. Um, and like or even that hand. Remember that hand game that you used to <laughs> yeah, play? Yeah, it's yeah. like was it zero five ten? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like that even that one. Stop! 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 Ease up. <laughs> I feel I don't know the name of it, but yeah, yeah. Basically, it's like if you, whenever you match with someone else, yeah. if you guess no. the same number, then you like got a drink. Who, but yeah. yeah, like who comes up with a game like that? And it's like so <laughs> addictive. Um, like I don't know, man. So it was mahjong for me growing up, and then I remember just what? playing a lot of dice games in high school. Were you gonna ask me something about mahjong? No, I was gonna ask you about high school because that that's where like again, like in my family, it was like gambling was not a thing, but then. In high school, well, I went to like a high school in Thornhill, uh, Ontario, which is like predominantly Chinese. And like during lunchtime, yeah, like you mentioned, like big two, like everyone's just playing games. Like everyone's playing for money too. Like I remember hearing about like kids getting suspended too. So like that was always like I learned that from like I guess the, the students there. And I don't, I'm sure it's the same at your school too, right? Yeah, no, I shared this on another podcast briefly, but like dice was a huge thing in high school like it was just basic dice games like we had two dice and you know uh the one would be a seven 
Um, and then basically you just roll and who the highest wins and we'd be betting like $2, $5 and it'd be like best of three. And then when it's tied one, one, you're like, all right, let's extend to a best of five. And then people start gathering outside, like, like the portables and stuff. Cause it seems like a huge yeah. game is going down, but it's only like three people playing for like $10 and then like, we'll add dice. Like, like we'll roll one at a time and then be like, you'll add two more, add two more. Um, and that was a whole thing. And we started playing. I started playing. I remember I started playing in classes too. Like, um, there was one time, I don't know if it was, it was with Eric, but um, like I, we would roll dice like across the room in the back and have a, have a person in the middle <laughs> as like a mediator to like, uh, be fair and tell us like what we rolled. And then we would do that for the whole class. And there was definitely one time I got in trouble. Um, uh, I got detention because we were gambling and had to write a whole essay about why gambling was bad and i've told this story but i always remember 9 11 because i was across from my school at univa high school i was outside the mcdonald's in the middle of a dice game and i think i was going up against someone and he had rolled like a five like a really terrible roll and somebody came over and i was like hey man like the second tower just got hit and it, we were all gonna run to radio shack and i was like no no, no you gotta finish this roll man because i was gonna win 100 bucks <laughs> so that's oh, what i always God. remember about that yeah, yeah. wow that's crazy <laughs> Yeah, like gambling really gets in the way of things, right? But I remember, I, like, yeah. you you probably played a lot of pro line too, right? Like, I played so much pro line, like, in high school and lost so much. Yeah, well, that's the thing, especially like when you turn nineteen too. I don't know, like, I guess, especially in like, I guess in Canada because the legal age is nineteen, but like, you know, like if you weren't drinking, like, another way to show that you were like an adult was like. I guess gambling or like being able to buy like a pro line ticket or like being able to go to a casino. So that was always kind of like a, it wasn't like a rite of passage, but it always felt like I was like, okay, I'm a legal adult now. Like I could go into these things now. Whereas before, like, yeah, like I always felt like a kid. No, that, I think that's a great point. And like, you know, what do you think is better uh, going to a bar for the first time or walking into a casino for the first time? I don't want to sound like an addict, but it's not even close, man. Like oh, when no, you walk no, into yeah, the yeah. casino for the yeah. first time and like just the yeah. lights and the sounds and all the sensory oh, God, stuff, yeah. like it's insane. And you walk past the blackjack tables and you're like, oh, my God, this one's playing for a 100 bucks, <laughs> like minimum one hand. Like what's going on? Like, yeah, there's definitely a feeling when you go to casinos, like the sounds, the people like yeah they're like a mystique to it too so like i don't know like it's it always hits the spot especially because like there's a distinct smell in casino and like yeah like there's so much going on so it, it's always like a thrill to like either even if you're going to like niagara or like a or a charity casino like there's always that feeling where it's like oh this is this is lively i want to be part of it yeah and i think i mean i'm sure we blew money on everything but i'd rather blow 20 bucks on a blackjack can than on a drink no, I, I don't know if, yeah, I actually don't know how to play blackjack. I'm not going to lie. Oh, damn. <laughs> like, that's I know, crazy. I know, I know the basic rules, but like, I remember this one time I sat at Port Perry, was it Great Huron Casino? Yeah, shout yeah. out to Port Perry, man. Yeah, that was, that was the place that we all went to, I guess. It was, yeah, the, this, it, is, this is like, like about, how far do you think? Like an hour drive or a little bit more from, from where yeah, we Yeah, it's about an hour drive, but that was the closest proximity, like, casino that, people in york region can actually go to yeah I, like you like you like, could go and come back the same night yeah yeah exactly um but yeah like i i remember like yeah my, i played my first hand as blackjack and you know how like it like if you're playing with other people you have to be mindful of like what cards you're drawing to or what cards you're kind of like 
like um whether you're in the hand or not or whether you're saving that person who's behind you but like i never really knew how to do that so i remember the first time i played i got yelled at because basically i'm just like you know what i'm talking about like i, I don't even know oh, if of I'm course like you have to play you know certain cards right because if you mess up your cards like if you don't hit on a hand that you're supposed to hit on then you shift the entire deck and people are gonna blame all their losses on you yeah so that stuff i like i had no clue like the only game i actually know how to play is uh texas hold'em but like when it came to like blackjack like i was always worried about like fucking other people up so i was like okay i'm just gonna like stay away from that so i was pretty conservative when it came to any game at the casino Wh which one did you normally play blackjack and have you tried baccarat or no no i've never tried baccarat um and i guess it's one of those things i could just learn like i used to play a lot of roulette and blackjack to start and, and then definitely had a big poker phase when poker was big um shout out chris moneymaker um but like yeah like like blackjack was one of my favorite games because it's one of those things where you can really quickly cash out if you get a good run of cards and yeah no i definitely remember when i was like 20 or 21 just like going to port perry all the time i remember going once with like eric and justin on like christmas day um oh like that had... that's another asian thing too right <laughs> yeah that's another <laughs> chinese asian thing to do or like we we went like we'd all have like our family dinners and then we met up and drove there at like 10 at night um yeah. i remember going in winter storms one time like one of their cars like went off the road and we had to like get help to, to like push the car back on the road like we risked a lot just to win like a couple hundred bucks at blackjack man Oh my god! So you actually have like a a card story too, because like I had a I had a crazy story where we, me and my friend Joe, we had to hitchhike back to like Markham, and it was like pretty scary. Whoa! Where did your where did the car like break down? So so we I don't have this, I told this. Story this is like no? no, this is like episode nine of Better Call Saul, man. <laughs> no, it was it was it actually turned out to be like now that I think about it, we were super naive and we're like pretty stupid to actually get in the situation so we came back from poor perry me and my friend joe and then uh we lost money i think i think we both lost money and then on the way back home i think it was around like one or two uh he caught a flat on the way back home i think we were on the highway i don't know exactly where we were but we got a fly and then we managed to like stop by of oshawa i think there was like a gm plant there so then we had a flat, and then uh, my friend Joe, he didn't have one of those, um, I think it's like a wheel lock to actually like change his tire. And then back then, like we had cell phones. Well, I think we called a couple of our friends, but none of them picked up. It was like pretty late. The ones that actually picked up were like, are you guys okay? And then you could tell like they were trying to get out of even picking us up. They're like, okay, just let me know if you're really in trouble. And we're like, yeah, we're really in trouble. They're, and then he was just like, yeah, just call back later. So we kind of gave up on that. And then back then, there was no GPS at that time either. So then uh, we were like, okay, I think we're stuck. This is pretty late. I think it was in the fall and winter. And then um, there was a guy who drove by uh, the GM plant. We thought he worked there. So he offered us a drive. He's like, hey, uh, I can drive you to the gas station. And we're like, okay, cool. At least then we can know where we are and then we could get like a tow truck, etc. So we got naively, we went into his car in his truck. And then we realized, like, through conversation, he wasn't actually an employee at, at GM. He was just, like, a bypasser who just had nothing to do. He just happened to drop by. So originally he dropped, like, I think we asked him to drop us off at the gas station. And then 
um, he offers us to no, he offered to drive us back to Markham, which is kind of insane based on how far it is. It's probably like an hour away, but we w- went along with him and like he was like kind of like a weird guy. Like the, the whole time he was talking about like strippers, and he's talking about getting out of jail for drunk driving. And this is when we're actually in the car with him. And he was talking about his ex-girlfriend. He started getting, like, really creepy and scary. Um, so then when we're in the car, like, I'm sitting in the back. Joe's sitting in the passenger seat. I was, like, I had a pen in my hand just in case, like, I needed to, like, jab him in the throat in case he was going to do something. But thankfully, he did, like, long story short, like, he drove us all the way back to Markham. Um, um, and then we dropped, he dropped us off at the gas station because we didn't want to tell him where we lived. Um, and then we pay for his gas. He asked for our numbers afterwards, and then I gave him my fake number, and my friend Joe gave him his real number. So over the like the past the next three weeks or so, Joe kept telling me he was like he was getting random calls from the guy like at six in the morning, like like five in the morning asking him, asking him to hang out. So I don't even know why he gave him his real number, but at the same time, like thankfully we got out of that situation situation safely. But now that I think about it, like that was so idiotic. Like, like you hear about stories about that all the time, like people getting dropped off at gas stations and then, you know, later on they might get killed along the way. So thankfully, like, we were fine. But yeah, it, it was kind of like a weird situation. But like, I guess that happens like when you're, you know, if you're if it's late night and you're going to the casino, like we're willing to like go through all that stuff just to have some fun or just to do something. <laughs> I love how you make it sound <laughs> so risky. Uh, no, that does sound scary. How, how long was the overall ride? It was like an hour, I guess. Yeah, that must I mean, have been it was, so it stressful, man. It was just like, we just didn't know who he was. And he was being like, yeah, like this is like pretty late at night. So you got to think about like the people who are awake at that time. And, you know, if you're hanging out with people who are like constantly like up around like three or four in the morning, driving around aimlessly, like there's some weird people out there. But like it was risky, but at the same time, like, like I guess at that moment we were like we we were kind of young we didn't know what the hell we were doing so we were kind of scared at the same time but yeah I guess yeah. that was my like story prepared story and yeah, then that... when I got I got yelled at from my parents because they knew I went <laughs> I stayed up late so like and if they knew that I was going to the casino I would have yeah I would have got scolded so yeah I think my parents like didn't like it but they never like yelled at me um, as long as I just like didn't go broke but did they. Do they ever go to the casino? Like, yeah, my parents. I think my parents used to gamble, like pretty regularly. But at some point, my dad, for sure, like kicked the habit. Um, they would take the Safeway tours to like Casino Niagara because they give you like a ten dollar buffet voucher. Yeah. So, I think they would just literally go for the food, and just come back. So they they definitely don't gamble as heavy now. I think it was more my extended family in Hong Kong. And I don't really have a crazy poor Perry story, um, except the one for the one that I always tell is that I, I once spent like 18 hours playing poker there when I was only planning That's on being right. there for like four hours. And then uh, I came home the other uh, the next day at like three in the afternoon and I was supposed to take my mom out for Mother's Day dinner at like seven and I slept through it and she was so disappointed. And honestly, that was a that oh. was the that was when I stopped gambling or at least stopped going to the casino but i was like making a list of all the gambling that i've done in my life 
So as a kid, it was mahjong. I rolled dice in high school, um, the poker and the blackjack, and you know the roulette at the casinos uh, we've talked about. And like this is also like you know like when you go on trips, like you know if there's a casino around, you'll probably check it out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I remember like you know Montreal, Whistler. Um, somehow I was in Connecticut one time on one of those family bus trips. And what's oh, that? There's Mohegan like a really Sun? yeah, Mohegan Sun. <laughs> and I, I snuck out of my parents' room and like got a couple hands of blackjack in. Um, Vegas, obviously, I love Vegas just because there's blackjack tables like on your way to like literally anywhere. Um, <laughs> so pro line I've done. We have our Lindsay Lohan, which is also a bet that Lindsay Lohan will win. <laughs> An Oscar by twenty thirty—that's considered I guess gambling. That's gambling. I guess that's gambling. Yeah. That's gambling. I mean, I've gone to the—I've done like those, gone to those like oh, places C&E? in Markham. CNE playing yeah. high card or spinning those wheels with the horses. Um, <laughs> uh, poker there. Uh, occasional trips to like uh, do racetrack betting in Markham. Um, oh yeah, yeah, the one at um, <laughs> Times Square. Oh, Is it Times Square? I don't know. No, that, there was one across from um, Pacific Mall, Market Market Village, right? Yeah. There was the, one there yep. as well. Yep, there was yeah. that one. Uh, we talked about our, like, high-stakes poker home games. And then definitely dabbled in some, like, like uh, online poker during, like, the, the Chris Moneymaker era and stuff like that. But I feel like the last, like, I don't know, five, ten years, uh, I've definitely stopped gambling just like in general and recently started playing poker again but like it's just like kind of a fun game once every week i think probably just changed like when you start making money and like making more money i just don't like giving it away you know yeah but now you buy shoes so it's a little different I guess. <laughs> yeah but like that's like a, that's like a, yeah but then then you need to like get into my divorce and it's like it's a whole that's a whole other podcast um but yeah, you know, gambling-wise, I guess, you know, I, I yeah, I guess I've shifted my addiction to other places. Yeah, you got out um, of it. Yeah, I got out of yeah. it. And honestly, like, for a time in my 20s there, and, like, I was definitely, like, yeah, I sound like I sound like Michael Jordan. I, like, I didn't have a gambling problem. It was just a competition problem. No, but, like, yeah. I definitely was being a little bit irresponsible, you know? Like, it was, it was getting a little out of hand. Really, you actually felt like you're losing control a little bit. Not like losing control, but it, but but it's like when you had no school in the summer and stuff. Like every other day, it was just yeah. like, oh, we go into the casino, or you know, where are we gonna play poker? Like like it was just always about gambling. Like there was at least one or two summers that was like that. Um, but we should also talk about just you know the feeling of being on tilt. <laughs> because uh yeah. for, for, for people that don't know so like i was supposed to record this podcast with john earlier today like four hours ago but my recorder app wouldn't work so apparently my skype updated and the recorder wouldn't link to the program and like i went on tilt for four hours man uh, i was literally on tilt it was like the lowest point of uh you know of my quarantine so far which i guess means i've been living a privileged life but like man like being on tilt is the worst man like when you take a loss at the casino and then you still have to walk out there and you know go to your car and drive home like those drives were tough oh, yeah. it's the worst feeling or if you just like take out more money and then you gamble again and then you're yeah just, it's over and over again yeah i try not to get to that level and i'm like pretty good at it because i think like when i know i kind of go well i kind of go in with like a limit of how much i want to lose which is not exactly 
the winning mentality that you should be going into a casino for. But like, I'm o- I'm okay like losing X amount of money, and then once I lose that money, then I'm like I'm good. But I definitely feel like crap. Like it's not it's not a good feeling. Yeah, I do think being able to set those limits is really important because especially when you're like 20 years old whatever and you might just you know finally be saving up money or getting your first paychecks and stuff there's just such a desire whether it's gambling or not to i feel like just like blow some of that money away um and you know you know we we sound so irresponsible and spoiled um because we are yeah (laughs) yeah but you're right like i think i think the, the the boredom part is like the fundamental like root cause of how this happens because i remember getting into poker because on fridays we actually had me and my friends had nothing to do so we just organized like poker games because there was it was something that you could do that and you could sit around for like four four hours and not feel like you haven't done anything either so i think you're right there is that like boredom like that is the reason why we kind of got into it at least with poker yeah and so you know speaking of asians and and gambling i mean gambling movies is a huge part of just asian movie lore and that's why i wanted us to talk about god of gamblers a movie that i don't think i've ever sat down and watched in full um so first of all i mean we'll we'll get into some of the details uh what did you think watching the movie because you said you wanted to did you tell me you wanted to ether it (laughs) uh yeah i mean i'll be a little nice like to be honest like back then when did it come out like 1989 1989, i think so yeah 1989 yeah i mean movies back then they had a different like standard i guess uh but it was not like 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 you i think i might have glossed through it when i was younger but actually sitting down and watching it like at least yesterday it was not very good but also to be honest the the version that i gave you had english dubbing so i think that kind of ruined the whole experience to be honest yeah so we had an english dubbed version that we watched which you know it's always not the most ideal option when you're watching uh, an international movie but you know i I don't think i don't think we should use the dub as an excuse like i'm with you no like the movie the movie especially the middle of it is just like terrible um so keith phipps from the uv from the AV Club wrote a review about this in 2011. It basically said that you know, um, from scene to scene, it's either uh, a gang gangland action film, then then it's a slick drama set in the glamorous world of high stakes gambling. Really? But it's also a revenge thriller and a slapstick comedy. And there is so <laughs> much slapstick comedy in the middle of it, especially when Chow Young Fat's character gets amnesia. That. Oh I mean, they didn't yeah. need to go for like a full hour on that. I feel like that could have been condensed in like twenty minutes. It was so bad, and I, I don't. You might know better than me, but Dosan's like it's a it's a famous movie. Like it was like I wouldn't put it in the pantheon of like Hong Kong movies, but it's it's up there as like a movie that you should watch. Am I wrong? No, the, the, this is a movie that like my parents and probably my grandparents, like everyone is aware of it and it was the highest grossing film in hong kong history for a time so it was it was like one of the most popular movies which again speaks to asians loving gambling because i mean i know like you know when you think about like north american films there's been like rounders i'm trying to think of other ones like they did that movie 21 Uh, Um, oh yeah 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 but like but like you talk about i mean this movie was the first of 
its kind in a way. And then if you look on the Wikipedia of God of Gamblers, like it has spun off into like <laughs> 19 yeah, other movies. And, you know, the plots don't even matter anymore because they start bringing in new and old characters. I think Chow Yun-Fat at one point plays like a different character but he exists in the same universe. And then Stephen Chow comes in and has a parody. And, and yep. then Stephen Chow and Chow Young-Fat's character link up. Like, this this is, like, I guess, like, the Fast and Furious. I was going to say. But the yeah. gambling version. And, like, Asian people love this shit. And I'm not going to lie. Like, only 20% of this movie was gambling, if even that. And those... Even as ridiculous, I mean, the hands have to be ridiculous in movies, but like it was just so tacky and ridiculous. But like, I loved every minute of it. I wish the whole movie was gambling. <laughs> oh, the gambling part. Yeah, yeah. The thing is with this movie, like, I actually felt like they weren't gamblers, they were just magicians. That's what I, that's what I felt like I was watching. I felt like Chang Yafat, who was the, the main character of the movie, became a magician because he was like, Clearly, he was cheating. He was like, uh, like hiding cards. Like these are things that would never happen in any gambling setting, or even a casino, or like a house game, or anything like this. So, like, part of me was like, so I, I had no idea about this movie. Like, I don't think I remember the plot at all. So, just rewatching this for like, I guess the first time was like, I was just shocked how like slapsticks or like how insanely like like even the plot was just like crazy beyond what i expected yeah and, and like you know when the plot takes its turns and it becomes like a different movie outside of just gambling but i mean like i know you've you've probably watched more hong kong movies than i have and it's like that is the type of comedy that you know the the asians go towards kind of that like slapstick like just like really ridiculous like extreme type comedy but it was just really jarring in this because chow yun fat when he shows up as dosan he's a g you know like he's yeah. at the casino playing with his jade ring and he's all mysterious and you know that opening match is hilarious um when they play the two okay. matches like the first one is uh the mahjong tiles and it's like 36 tiles like i've never heard of this game before 36 <laughs> tiles and then like they each have to pick 14 tiles and then they're slapping each other with chopsticks to fight over which tiles and, and then somehow chow young fat's character wins 80 to 79 on total points like come on man and then and then the second game is a dice game so he's playing against this oh, like japanese okay. yakuza type character and he tells his girlfriend to come and play and she like lowers her shirt to show her dragon tattoo that's on her shoulder um, and is like cracking her knuckles. So they get five. They get um, no, they get six, six dice. Six. Yeah. And she shakes it and basically Lois wins. So she shakes it and she stacks the dice and it's six ones. So she basically has the lowest score. And at this point, Chow Young-Fat has to go. And you think the best he can do is tie. First of all, he asked for like an aluminum shaker. No, no, it was um, a martini shaker. <laughs> it was yeah. a martini shaker. Uh, um, just for a Tucked fact. In his tie. He tucked in he, his tie. Yeah, he for tucks that, his tie into his dress shirt. And then when he shakes and opens it, one of the dice is shattered. So he has five ones and a broken dice. So he wins, which is the most yeah. ridiculous thing ever. 
it was crazy. Yeah. Like I, I didn't know how ridiculous it was. Actually, I, after I saw that scene, I was kind of like, what am I watching? Do we really want to review this movie? Are we going to go through this? But like, there was still like two, like an hour and a half left. And that was the opening scene. I think that that's the thing that kind of blew my mind because those scenes are usually towards the end. Whereas like that was the first scene that we watched. And I'm like, am I, do I know what I'm getting myself into? And as you mentioned, like it becomes so crazy because we'll see, I think the first scene was gambling and then we'll see something that's like, like we'll talk about it later, but then there's like huge gun, like shootout, like in the middle of the movie. Like there, it just went so many different directions along with the slapstick comedy that comes after he gets a concussion. Yeah, so like he wins this match and, you know, somehow he gets linked up with Andy Lau, who, who's the other main guy from the cast. And, he, you know, Andy Lau is like this mediocre gambler, like think like me or John in our 20s um, <laughs> driving to Port Perry. And so I don't know, man, I don't want to go into all the plot, but like basically, you know, he links up with Chow Yun-Fat who like hits his head, like falls down because of this trap that Andy Lau set for his Indian neighbor. You see, you see how ridiculous yeah, this very sounds. Problematic. It's very it's problematic. Very, very problematic. And so basically he has no idea that he's with the God of Gambler. And they just start cleaning up at local games, um, but but then like no, he gets am- am- amnesia, correct? Yeah, yeah, and, he gets he gets and he amnesia. He forgets who he is. He forgets who he is, but he's still like killing it when they bring him out to the games, and all this other stuff happens. Like at one point, uh, is it is Chow Yun Fat's girlfriend gets thrown down a balcony? Um, and and is killed out of nowhere and then there's this whole assassination attempt which is the scene that you're referring to where there's this entire shootout where Chow Yun-Fat's character kind of quote-unquote wakes up and just like murders a couple of dudes Um, (laughs) oh yeah and don't don't forget the part where Chow Yun-Fat cannot perform any of these gambling activities without his chocolate like he needs to get because he has this like Fiodora brand yeah. of chocolate which is actually really popular in asia but like the middle of the movie is just like wild and i didn't find it to, i i just honestly like it's false advertising i mean we can talk about like how ridiculous the scenes are but like you could nitpick at like fast and furious and how unrealistic the things are so i don't think that was the problem with the movie it, it's just that i was sold a gambling movie and there was very little gambling yeah, like I, I actually thought like coming into this movie, I thought it was gonna be like on the realm of like young and dangerous, like Hong Kong gangster movies. Like, sure, there might be comedy here and there sprinkled like within the movie, but I didn't know that it was this absurd and this beyond. Like, <laughs> like how much how much slapstick comedy there was for me to actually take this seriously as a as a movie. And these are like part like Chow Yun Fat is like. What what is the equivalent of him and Andy Lau? Like Andy Lau is like, I guess he would be like like a younger Leonardo DiCaprio at that yeah. like. I, was, in I, was gonna, I don't know why I was gonna call him Shia like, LaBeouf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I I think he's a little better than Shia, but um, yeah, like these are star like like movie stars. So like part of me was a little confused at how bad this movie was, but again, like given the time of when it was out. Like, I'm sure it was, like, amazing, and it got people into, like, Theodore Chocolates and, like, gambling. But, oh, man, there's so much, like, problematic things, too, that happen. Like, 
like uh any lao like not any lao but his character like assaulting his like girlfriend like during during that scene like in one of the scenes and then yeah it's very problematic racism as well surprisingly oh, yeah. no like but that, like yeah. honestly man any movie before like honestly like 2017 um <laughs> like there's just like problematic stuff it's, like especially in the 80s and 90s and stuff but yeah no i was coming in expecting like a scarface godfather type vibes and you know yeah, exactly. I, I definitely didn't get it i got like meet the parents bro um no so... this felt like ace ventura meets rayman meets the untouchables that's what, yeah. it, that's what it felt like meets like jerry Maguire. um but so you know the, the we get to the final gambling scene and you know Charlie fat has to go up against this quote-unquote demon of gamblers I, I think his actual name is chan cam singh so we'll just call him chan so before the match um he's actually gifted so i think this is chiang fat's character's cousin yoki he's like marking the cards like they're having like a practice match and he gives them these like special 10 grand oakley glasses um they're not oakley i guess but like these glasses are supposed to see right through the cards so you can see the marking so he can tell exactly what chow young fat has if he has a 10 jack queen king and ace and honestly this plot line was just like ridiculous i know i just said a minute ago not to complain but like oh my god this is like straight out of like dragon ball z man no this was this was bad yeah and i think the twist was uh chow young fat has had his own like tech that he was using too i think he was using like contact lenses from west germany that allowed him to see what his opponent was seeing. Is that what was happening? It was just like so, it's like layers on layers that I just didn't expect from this movie. Yeah, he, he had like a beta version that he got from like Silicon Valley because he like <laughs> reveals it. And then like, I guess this involves him like changing the cards too. Um, like there's just a lot happening, um, but they play five card stud and that's the game for the final match i've never played five card stub before and i'm pretty sure unlike this movie not every hand will be like quad aces over quad queens but <laughs> like it, five card stub looks pretty fun yeah and, but to be fair like when it comes to like movie scenes when it comes to poker like they have to like dumb it down like by by far otherwise like people won't understand it's like oh like two pair of beats like um i don't know ace high or something like i think it had to be like definitely definitely like um climatic to that point where it's like quad like aces and quad queens but <laughs> yeah but, yeah, with, I, but I, with like I, but with like oakley glasses um <laughs> and, and like the marked cards that's the thing too like if these guys are so good at gambling why does it just resort into like a game of like just trying to cheat yeah it, it was bizarre and honestly like the end was so crazy because uh, they the they were on a boat right, and the casino was in international waters that allowed his opponent to kill. I, I don't even know what happened. It was like there's so much things going on, and because they were they so have the past international waters uh, after leaving Hong Kong. Oh no, no no they were in Hong Kong. Sorry, no they and were so, so they the, thought they thought they were in Panama, but uh, either yeah. Chiang Fat or oh, Andy Lau had paid off the captain to steer the ship back to Hong Kong. So um, the guy could get arrested for shooting his cousin. Um, no, that that was that was ridiculous as well. And I don't know if you remember. At one point in that game, Chai Young Fat pulls out a thirty million dollars certified check from his like suit <laughs> yeah. pocket and throws it into the pot. And I'm like, yo, there's just absolutely no rules. But that was like such a badass moment. 
Yeah. I don't know what it was with this movie because there was people threw checks like it was like nothing. Like everyone had to check for some reason. It wasn't even like you know like those long like money plates that are kind of fun to throw down. They either like here here is a certified check. Yeah, you mentioned like or here here's like a here's a check that I have that you could you could use as collateral. So it was just kind of bizarre in that way. But it's kinda of hilarious now that I think about it. Yeah, so overall would you say you enjoyed the movie? No, actually I didn't. <laughs> but you know what, like I don't, so I don't this want is, to be a This star. is your like, version of uh this is your version of watching Hitch. I don't know. I I I can't remember watching Hitch to be honest, but like this was not Yeah, like I wouldn't watch it again and like I I honestly thought this was gonna be like a really like awesome movie. Like I thought it was gonna be hard boiled or like some other gangster movie, and it was the complete opposite of what I expected. So I wouldn't watch it again. It's would you recommend it to anyone? Probably not. Uh, probably not. But I'm also like personally curious to to see some of the spinoffs and sequels. I'm just oh, there's I'm, so many. Yeah, I'm just a sucker for some cool uh, fun gambling scenes, you know. Um, yeah. Like, I mean, like, we could always and, watch Hong Kong from Macau Part Two. Oh yeah, no, we we, yeah, no, I, I might I might want to watch at least the next two. But like, I'm just watch. I'm just going through the list of spinoffs. There's just a lot, so maybe it wouldn't be the best idea. Um, anything else you wanted to add about the movie before we do the awards? Um. No, it was just insane. Oh, you know what I really hated? When they would do synchronized talking and then they would cut the scene. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like the two characters just say the same line and then they'll just cut the scene. This happened in the end. I forgot what they said. But they're like, they both said, and there will be money for everyone. Like, you know you know what I mean? Like they'll oh, both say- like the really tacky thing that they do? Yeah, and I know like maybe that was a thing in the eighties, but man, that that did not age well. Like it was so bad. I mean, yeah, I, um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess the movie is bad, but I, I think I was just more disappointed. I just felt like I was, um, I was just sold a different kind of movie. So, uh, three stars for me. Uh, number one star is Chow Yun Fat's character, uh. Sun. and number two is Andy Lau's character I think in the English translation he's Little Knife and yeah. third star I'm going to give to the Fiodora chocolate brand because it was great um, sponsored content for them um, who did you have for your three stars um, I'll go Little Knife Andy Lau as well uh, Janet who's Joy Wong one of the four flowers of Hong Kong cinema so shout out to her um she was actually pretty good in the movie um the indian dog walker who avoided the trap <laughs> that little dice set up he kind of got away like getting into like uh a mishap so he kind of uh kind of coasted through that um i'm gonna say west germany contact lenses because i thought that, that part was kind of cool um that the other guy had like glasses oakland glasses but charlie and fat had the contact lenses so I thought that was kind of that was a nice little twist, I guess. <laughs> um, Patrick Patterson Award, I'm gonna give to Chang Cam Singh, the the demon gambler. Like, how are you gonna build up that reputation and then just try to just read marked cards? Um, and also, like, man, I mean, losing with quad ace, quad queens, 
that would send me on tilt for for 50 years i mean he ended up killing someone five minutes later so i guess he was on tilt by the way have you told uh will lu about um just jacking his format because i i I've been noticing that you've just been using it. Oh for... yeah, yeah. I asked him early on, and he said fine, and and that that was it. So, um, yeah. He, okay, Pat- um... Patrick Patterson Ward. Um, I'm gonna go with just the casino security. They were just awful at like spotting like cheats, uh, just letting things get out of hand. I guess even the henchmen, and then also the there was one bodyguard. I don't I don't know if you remember that scene. He had like. They're making fun of his smile, and then he actually smiled, and he was like, "Do you remember that scene?" They were like, "Oh, oh yeah, you this is smile because oh, yeah, you're ugly." Like, yeah, this is like I, I think at the end, right? Yeah, I think they're like, "You shouldn't smile because you're ugly," and then he smiled, and they all laughed at him. So I guess, <laughs> I guess that was kind of funny in how he looked in, in that scene. Man, some of these scenes are honestly hilarious, man. And the Gerald Henderson Award, I'm gonna give. I think that's the security guard you're talking about. Um, yeah, he he goes by Dragon. Um, that is like his nickname on, on Wikipedia. You know, he saved Chao Yong-Fat's character uh, a couple of times. So he was uh, very useful to the plot of the movie. So I'm going to give him... Uh, do you have someone else you want to nominate? Gerald Henderson? I keep forgetting this. Gerald Henderson Award is someone uh, who... I guess in, in this context is like underrated or came up in the clutch, even though they're in a very small role. Oh, um, I'll give it to the writers of God of Gambling. Like, just the plot twist in the end, uh, how they managed to, like, like tie all the loose ends together. I thought that was kind of, I wouldn't even say it's clever. It's just, like, how neatly wrapped up it turned out to be. And I guess if they were just thinking about, like, the writing process would have been pretty hilarious. So I'll, I'll give it to the writers of the movie. Awesome. So that does it for us for for this episode john um let's find another asian movie to watch let's watch a better one though yeah let's watch something fun like uh rumble in the bronx or some <laughs> jackie Chan movie something yeah. that i can actually handle yeah i'm doing rush hour with will um so we'll find yeah we gotta find a movie that we know going in is actually good yeah yeah i agree <laughs> yeah this <laughs> was just a little a... Yeah, this was just an excuse to talk about gambling. So um, appreciate you coming on, and uh, we'll talk soon. Cool. Thanks for having me.